part two of Cameron McKenzie and John Tran back here at Adventure Fit Radio. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed part one. Part two has some more interesting and exciting um, experience for you guys and hopefully you can learn a lot from it. As always, we are brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. Uh, jump on their websites for their upcoming trips. Um, they've just come back from Bali. I went to Everest last year. It certainly changed my life. Bill just showed me a text he received from one of the uh, the travellers on the Bali trip saying that it changed his life as well and couldn't thank him enough. So guys, jump on their website. They've got some fantastic trips coming up, including the CrossFit Games in July. We're also brought to you by Audible Trial. Get your free 30-day trial and audio book at www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADF radio. Again, we're looking for sponsors uh, and we're going to continue to promote our original sponsors free of charge, our Loxam Solutions and NDO Supps. So if there are any other sponsors out there that want to get behind AdventureFit Travel or AdventureFit Radio, please hit us up at doc at adventurefittravel.com. Otherwise, Loxam Solutions is a boutique consulting and business support company focused on business consulting and commercial services. And NDO Supps is uh, www.ndosupps.com for all your training and recovery supplements. Anyway, here is part two. Enjoy. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. So um, let's get into a little bit of, we talked about recovery and nutrition a fair bit. Um, let's talk about a bit more about training. We kind of touched on it and, um, and maybe we'll, we'll probably go into some mindset stuff, you know, when you're on the platform because that's pretty interesting to me and I think listeners. Um, so I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a question that I just want to pose. Um, so the high bar versus the low bar and what is the hybrid? Is there's, a, there's a squat called the hybrid squat, right? Hybrid position for the, for the bar. Yeah, Yes, there's an in-between depending on how low your low bar is. Yeah, so because so, I've been told that um, the, there's been quite a few world records these days that have been setting with more of a hybrid squat or would you say it's only low bar is the way to go for just strength gains and what's the percentage, say, say low bar is 100% of the maximum you can lift, what's a high bar going to get you? Well, I read a, interesting. an interesting article in regards to the high bar and the low bar, but still like the hip and knee flexion angle. Mm-hmm. So there's a few lifters out there that squat with the same technique of a high, well, a low bar in terms of like the hip and knee movement, but they keep the bar in a high bar position. So it's yep. like it's trying to, it's creating a longer fulcrum, but for them, it's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So there's, and there's a lot of debate about whether the high bar is more beneficial or low bar is stronger. But I think, and I'm a really big believer in if it feels good, do it. If it works, it works. There's, yep. an exception, there's an exception to every rule. For sure. So for me, 
like my high bar is, oh, I'll probably say even up to 30 or, well, probably 40 or 50 kilos weaker than my low bar. Wow. My full low bar. Because I squat high bar and heels, so I squat low bar and flats. Right. So yep. I can get, I can sit back better and my, yes. and my flats because I don't that shift me sense. forward. Yeah. Um, my high bar, I train high bar specifically just to train keeping upright. So yep. like keeping my spine erect, like nice and natural curvature. And like driving you, through the quad is, drive. Yeah, yeah just to train quad drive. Yeah. So not trying to use my back as much in the low bar because the high bar helps to teach me to stay upright and drive through just the quads. Try not to recruit the low back and glute. Yep. Whereas my low bar, I try to incorporate the quads through that training technique yes. but use more like more hip so more hip flexion to get more glute low back involved of course yeah so, so the, the the high bar is basically just an accessory for the low bar yeah you want to be able to recruit the, yeah. the so quads like, a little more it's like close grip bench for me in regards to my wide grip comp bench my close grip bench is just to help train my tricep and shoulder drive specifically up into the end of the lift so when i go over to my wide grip as I'm coming through, I know how to feel, how to press out at the top of the lift instead of just trying to flare out and kind of press it with my front delts mm. or get pec injury too and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's I just, for me, it's just a training tool. Yeah. The high bar. I'm pretty stuff. much on the same page as Cam. So the high bar that I give to lifters is more or less a variant of uh, you know, leading up to training for their low bar. And you just train high bar for just to stay upright so they get more quad involvement mm-hmm. or quad recruitment development. And then they'll do uh, low bar as a competition lift because invariably they can always squat more low bar. They just inc- it just incorporates more posterior chain. Yep. What you find is the bar speed is a little bit slower, but it's a bit more imbalanced because they flex more at the hip. Bar stays over midline anyway. Um, and because they're imbalanced, if they hit sort of a sticking point, they can just push through it. <coughs> mm. yep. Whereas mm. if you're in a high bar position, usually people lose it 20, 30 degrees from coming up from the bottom, mm-hmm. they'll tip forward. And because they're off balance, there's some, some of the neural inhibition or whatever you call it, the body just goes nah and they just give up give up on it and just dump it. So with the, um, with the sticking point that you mentioned, do you train any, um, any partial squats to try and get stronger coming out of the sticking point or do you, do you use what other... Do you, you, do you know train, what I'm talking about this? So if you, yeah, you, you, can come train, down. you can train a pause squat. So you pause at the bottom to prevent the stretch reflex. So it's yep. purely muscle dry that completes the lift. Yep. Um, yeah, you can train that. Uh, I, some people do pin squats. So they come down the rate, the weight rests on a rack or pins, yep. and then they and so there's no muscle tension. Yep. And there's no reflex, so then they have to create uh, muscle drive up against the bar from nowhere. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So would you ever do what I what I'm talking about is yeah basically um, coming down to that sticking point, so three or four inches above your bottom position. And returning up from there to try and build so that strength. Do you pausing do, at the sticking point. Not a pause. No, no, not a pause. Just um, turning it around without that elasticity. Okay. Um, and without the bottom position. Yeah. Oh, so, so just squatting down to the stick point. Yes, that's right. So we do. We just call. I just call them a half squat. Because I've got a really, uh, I've got a really, not an ordinary sticking point, you know. But it's it's. I'm not a really. I'm not really too smooth coming out of the squat. And just to build a different part of the leg and control that. And it's also it's also used for controlling a clean a little bit to some extent. You can catch a little bit with a little bit more um, strength mm. rather than be you know crushed and drive so, down the bottom. But so for you, I would say not so much why are you training the half squat. I would say well, why are you sticking in the squat? You've got to look at either movement technique. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a technique flaw, you've got to go. Well, I'm sticking there because I don't have enough quad drive in my, it's quads, my quads. aren't strong. 
It's my quads. Because my, my, it'll be bottom, hips, uh, and then I'll straighten back out once yeah. my quads start to kick in. So for me, like, I'm real old school where I train the lift and I do, like, my, my bro work. So my bodybuilding. So, like, power building style training. Yep. So for you, I'd say just build some cross-sectional area. So mm-hmm. mm. build some mass. So, well, for the lift, so listeners might disagree. That's up to them. But I'd say some leg press, leg extension, whether it be like weighted split squats, mm-hmm. but build some mass or front squats. So train, like get the muscle bigger and then make it stronger and it might help fix the the limitation sure. or the pause because you've got more drive through the quads so they're more active, it's more punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, it's, um, it's funny. I've heard, um, I've heard of people um, training, um, you know, for... From for different sticking areas and all this sort of stuff, I just wonder if if you do that, you'll sort of get used to to sticking, and it like it'll do the the adverse effect. I've heard I've heard of different um, different things with that sort of that sort of training. I'm not too sure, but I think you're um you're definitely right with um the accessories um you know split squats and and leg extensions as you say and all that sort of stuff. You can't you can't beat just a big cross sectional area. We just started um. Five three one. <laughs> good oh, stuff, well, it's always very informative little fucking rant you've got on here, mate. I am. Give it us nothing. So yeah, look, I'm a powerlifter and I... Uh, <laughs> cross-sectional areas. <laughs> cross-sectional areas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hip flexion and uh, cross-section. Um, yeah. yeah. No, but speaking anecdotally, I just... Um, shut up, Mac. You're not even on the mic. <laughs> no, you're right. I have a loser. Um... Yeah, we just started um, a five three one program, and like the the bulk of the training is all accessory stuff, and we will probably only squat twice in it. But I just noticed, even from a two week difference, that the squat's gone up, um, and that's probably eight sets at, at the most in two mm. weeks. So I really, really um, based it on the accessories. What type of accessory stuff are you doing? Um, a lot of a lot of split squatting, a lot of um, a lot of posterior related work, tons yeah. of good mornings, back extensions, glute ham raises, and all that sort of stuff, and it just feels stronger in the bottom. I always, I always have an issue with sort of knee caving. Well, I used to, um, not anymore. <laughs> but um, knee caving in, and, and you know, because I just couldn't hold tension at the bottom. But um, doing all this stuff and making sure I'm really on point um, down there has just made it feel really good. And I, I honestly thought it was um, quad related, but uh, it's much more um, staying tight down there, which I can look yeah. forward to the yeah. accessories. Yeah. Two, two things I was going to say: training your stick point as well coming down to the stick point and then back up is a completely different feeling to going down through the entire squat and back up to yep. that stick point as well. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not as specific as it could be. If, do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I understand. Because it's like uh, benching to a block instead of benching a full, like going down, doing a full bench press up to that stick point. Mm-hmm. Like you're training that part of the lift, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be able to probably squatting probably three or four inches below your stick point to a box and then back up. So at least you're Going accelera- up accelerating it. into yeah. your sticking yep. point. Yep. It should be really good. So like a low block pull for a mid-thigh stick point for a deadlift would be really good. Yeah, You don't want to stop at the stick point. You want to accelerate yeah. accelerate into it so then at least it's specific. So what would... Okay, so mm. what what exact um, exercise would you, would you recommend? Say you were my coach right now to get through that sticking point. Without without seeing yeah without seeing the video, are you high bar low bar high bar heels yep. flats yep with weightlifting shoes, so high bar getting through there. Yeah, it could be technique related, but I'll probably say 
even a bit of glute activation mm. or bigger glutes and bigger quads. So it could be bench up extension with some barbell. It's like really strict, not just throwing the weight up, but driving and squeezing the glutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like even some old school stuff. So like front squats or um, the Zerger squats would be really good yep. too. Zerger squats to a box would be good for you. That's been um, that's been my biggest problem is my glutes. So mm-hmm. when I had my back issues, I was seeing an exercise physiologist and he was watching me squat and I'd have a pretty light weighted barbell on my back and I'd squat and he would be poking me in the bum and there was... I was just loose. Mm. Had no glute activation. So I do a lot of glute work, a lot of upper hamstring work. Um, I've just started... Uh, so my girlfriend's an osteopath. Uh, yeah. Is she an osteopath? Yep. Osteopath? Osteo. Unemployed. Is it osteopath? <laughs> she's an osteo. She's not an Sorry, I just thought... Osteo. osteo. She's, an, she's an osteo. Yeah. And um, what, what we've been doing is... Like I do all my stuff in the gym, obviously, but we've been getting um, needling. Have you seen the stim... Um, the yeah. steam needling. Yep, yep, yep. So I get I get needles put in little. Uh, it's just the osteo needles, and they put the electric on voltage it. on it. Yeah, and then it's doof, doof, doof. So, and then I'm supposed to be doing homework of just um, butt clenches. I just, mm. but just to just to flick that switch on because glutes are kind of like if they if they're dormant they'll stay dormant they'll stay asleep and you try and switch them on they'll they'll probably continue to work. But um, that's the biggest thing that I've actually been trying to to get across. We've just started this glute stimulation. Um, work once a week and it's crazy my left glute we'd put it on uh, we'd put the stims in there and we'd put it on a, a setting of two and it would go doof mm. doof doof not bad you can turn it up did a few at like four did a few at six I'm nearly fucking jumping off the table put it into my right glute put it on two and it's like eh, eh, eh. I'm like are you going to start she's like it's it started your, your, butt, your glute's not doing anything like it was, wow. it was, it wouldn't even respond the same to the same electrical stimulation. So eventually we like got it up and going, but it was really, anyway. That's really interesting. And for you as well, if they're dormant, they're probably tired or inactive as well. So it might not only like stimulate them, but a bit of myofascial release to improve your exter- like external hip rotation. Yeah. It'll probably give you better drive with your cores and your glutes. So you'll be able to drive through that stick point harder and better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't do, I don't do anywhere near enough. You know, rolling out and and um and work to keep my body nice and. I think most people don't. No, I, I, and we sit down a lot all the time, and it's yeah. just really affecting our hips. I do, I do, a, I do a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, I don't do, I don't do any myofascial release. So uh, one one thing I say to every client of mine, I always say, all right, so would you would you cut ten minutes of your session to improve the quality? Well, yes, that's fucking given. Or let's say you've got an hour session, spend ten minutes on the roller, train five days a week, fifty minutes. 200 minutes a month and then that's what like 2400 minutes or whatever a mm. year so i think that's like what 20 30 hours a year from 10 minutes a day it all adds up yep mm-hmm. save your pennies and you're going to save yourself x yep. amount of trips to your physio chiro sure. and training quality will go through the roof yeah that's that's a good way oh, because people don't like <laughs> doing extra on top of you know i mean i'm a crossfit coach and people don't want to do more that's required other than just nah. being able to rock up. Just and want to lift heavy shit, chuck it around and shit. then leave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I get people in, I get them to do a few bodyweight squats and I've got a good enough fine out to go, all right, we need to do this, this, this. But you can get your back rolled out, smash out your duckers IT band and get an elbow into the hip. Mm. Already the hip movement and all around the pelvis usually fixes every other <laughs> ailment. Like yep. if you've got like a it's bit of knee valgus, so like bad VMOs and stuff that's fixed through the hip or the glute absolutely 10 minutes is all it takes yep you get through your session faster because you're working more efficiently like it's just a given for yep. me if you're not doing it you're, you're either wasting 
training time or training quality. Yep. And it's so and much it all, safer and it, in the long run. And it all adds up. Mm. Like the biggest thing is it all adds up to a big chunk of time that you can't make up anywhere else. Do you guys think about this sort of stuff in, in everyday life? Like uh, we spoke about before about how much time you, you know, you devote to recovery and all this sort of thing. Um, are you are you conscious of of your of um of how your body's feeling throughout every day? Like you, uh, for me, for example, I'm always thinking, you know, um, am I sitting down too long? Am I am I doing this and that? Uh, yeah. Is that something you're yeah. aware of? I think yeah, I think as time. as trained individuals, you're <coughs> generally pretty aware of how you feel. Like you know, if you sit, like you say, if you're sitting down all day, you you you're aware of the consequences. Yeah. I think that maybe sometimes to your own detriment when you stand up you're like oh crap it's a lot tighter than it actually is mm. like you just, you just sort of exacerbate the issue Definitely. so right now because i'm distracted i'm slouching in the chair but on the way down from home this morning a two-hour drive i was trying really hard to sit up straight shoulders back to train good patterns like curly yes. serrets got some fantastic stuff and mm-hmm. just training good movement all the time because like Practice isn't perfect. Perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing shit things all the time, you're only going to be shit. Yeah, it's sure. it's it's really good. I really love Kelly Starrett and his approach to, you know, just everyone should be able to perform basic body maintenance. I think is his biggest thing, and the amount of people that you just see are going through and just sit. I mean, you know, you'll see someone who's cooked up in a bed sleeping eight hours. Cool, they've done that. They wake up, they have breakfast, they sit in the car for an hour drive to work, sit at work for eight mm. hours, drive home, watch some TV, go to bed. I mean, that's just, that is just the worst thing, but it's the norm, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Unfortunately. But I'm always so aware of it. So I'll go home after the drive today and I've got a wedding this afternoon. So yep. I'll... Congratulations. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> no, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank God, too young. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'll go home and I'll honestly jump on the roller quick and yep. crack out my spine and just release a bit because I'll have to sit down at the wedding and mm. this and that. So I'm just always so aware and just in stuff I do as well, like just sitting down, I'll go to sit down and I'll make sure I s- like squat down into a movement. Yeah. Because so if you train, sh- yeah, because if you train shit movement all the time, imagine how many times you stand up and sit down in a day. Oh, that, that's exactly if right. Start, if you start doing it properly every time, you go, oh, well, it it's feels seen, better, it looks no, better. That's right. It's yeah. that motor unit recruitment synchronization. You're yeah. training the pattern time and time and time again. People are, um, you know, so unaware that, you know, going to the going to the gym, a commercial gym is, is, is a, should be more about creating healthy um, patterns as a habit as opposed to you know, getting aesthetically big. Whatever your goal, you should be practicing in a safe way and taking that to outside life as well. Um, so this is a good point to throw to another segment. You got, um, you got any riddles for us, mate? Yeah. I forgot to mention riddles. this one to you boys. This is a new segment Tommy's come up with. Yeah, so far a, it's uh, been... You know, hit and miss like they all are, but... (laughs) (laughs) Be very hit and miss. Just don't stutter again. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, What travels all around the world but stays in one corner? A stamp. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mac has said uh, a stamp, guys, um, and he got it exactly right. Um, We are are interviewing Mac on the show. I just saw the paper airplane, don't ask me why. So, you didn't know that? No. You just thought, what the hell were you looking at? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Alrighty, um, we'll probably keep this one of the guests for the for the moment, just for the, the first thirty seconds. Um, sorry, guys. Um, what is greater than God? More evil than the devil? The poor have it. The rich need it. And if you eat it, you'll die. Gold. Gold. If you eat it, you die. That's good. It is greater than God. Gold. More evil than the devil? Negative. <laughs> good. Good guess though. <laughs> 
Not bad. Sure, I reckon it's more even than the devil. Yeah, money. People, money is money. Yeah, the poor have it, though. The poor have it. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> oh. The poor have yeah. gold. They're still poor. They just have shit gold. <laughs> I don't know. You want to you read it out again? Yep. Hard, what is greater than God, more evil than the devil, the poor have it, the rich need it, and if you eat it, you'll die? It's a good mm. one. This actually sounds familiar, but I can't. Yeah, it's one of those ones. You would have heard mm. it before. It's a tricky one. Three, two, one, nothing? No. no. Nothing. nothing. Nothing? Nothing is greater than God. Nothing is more evil than the devil. The poor have nothing. The rich need nothing. And if you eat it, you'll die. Well, Ooh. they're all pretty... Oh, God. They're, hey, hey. they're all pretty, like, iffy, but... <laughs> Come on. Be, all right, you do the segments, mate. Oh, the rich need... Uh, the rich need... Be, the rich, I'm a weightlifter. I'm the a rich, weightlifter. The rich need... Nah, I'm just being real philosophical. So this, you know, the rich this riddle is, than, who's the know, weightlifter? Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, oh, me. I'm a weightlifter. Oh, oh, your, uh, keep your pants on, man. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we've got... Uh, I'm going to throw to a did you know here. Um, okay. Where did the... So this is... Did you know is a... Uh, I'll give you like a, an ABC. Um three uh, possible answers. The goal is to guess the right one and the winner um, gets some gold. Gets a suck on stick. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, boys. That just escalated sorry, right sorry. away. Oh. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Move on, Redenna. All right, all right, all right. Let's go, come on. Sorry, um, boys. Okay. Where did the... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, where did the military salute come from? Was it... From we have we already done this one? Are you hundred percent sure? Do it again for the boys. All right, we'll do it again for these lads. Um, <laughs> uh, holding was it holding heavily armored guns above one's head when trench walking? Uh, was it derived from Nazi Germany uh, from the Hitler greeting or the Nazi salute, or was it C medieval times when lifting a veil off a knight's armor to speak to the king? What do you mean? C C yeah B C Johnny C hundred percent. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's it was, was it really obvious? Yeah, because because the because the American army was around at the same time as Nazi Germany, so they were saluting. Yeah. Back they were saluting right away. The back first then. one, yeah. the first one, they wouldn't do it from heavy artillery because <laughs> it wouldn't be enough for those people. Yeah, that's spot on. Wow, <laughs> it's kind that's of fun. absolutely. Whereas we need to um that one's just too specific to lift the. Yeah, I was trying armor. to make it specific, yeah. but yeah, yeah. We need to start. I told that story. Yesterday that I was told on the podcast a couple of weeks, we've been we've been doubling up on you. We've been doubling up. You got any? You got one more? Did you know? I've got. Uh, where was it? I did. Um, no, but you don't. Not today. All right, that's all right. Moving on. Moving um, on. <coughs> good stuff. So, what are the main? What are the main tenets for getting strong? To the people out there that wanna that wanna get strong, that don't live in a powerlifting community, or uh, you know they train themselves. So in terms of a programming approach, just just basic um, basic tenants to live by. What are the most important things to uh, to training and getting strong? It's a very broad <laughs> question. Take it whichever way you if like. I, if I was say it really short and sweet, it'd be mm-hmm. train hard, rest harder. Yep. Okay. That that was really short. Yeah, really uh, short. <laughs> well, to, I don't think I've got it that short. I can, to build yeah. on that, I'd say just. So do like build lots of volume. So lots of not you don't want to max out every session or max out frequently. It's doing lots of hard work. So lots of reps at a moderate moderate weight just to build muscle. So building muscle, training good movement patterns, and doing all the little things like we've spoken about: good good diet, yep. nutrition, sleep recovery. Do all the little things properly, and yep. take yeah, take care of yourself. 
I'd say strength is a skill. Learn the <coughs> technique of which whichever move, maneuver you want to get strong at. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've got the technique down pat, then progressively add more training volume, sets and reps, and gradually add more weight. Um, eat well, rest so easy. So strength, strength is efficiency. It is. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you don't have efficiency, uh, can use that. If you, want. you just you just can't <laughs> get strong. Um, with just what with what you touched on, Cam. So, um, how often do you go to hit a PR, PB, whatever you want to call it, for whichever part of the world you're from? So, in in training and in lead ups to comps, how often will you max? For me, because I train so frequently. Sorry, not train so frequently because I compete so frequently. I'm only ever maxing out at a competition. Yep. I mean, I, it, my last competition was in September last year and I only maxed out in five weeks ago. So it was a good six or seven months between yep. maxing out. Because yep. in that time, I was just trying to build cross-sectional area and just build mass and get, get stronger. And I decided to test at a comp, so I left it yep. all that time. Because to me, there's no real benefit of hitting a proper 1RM because it's just, there's too much CNS fatigue. For sure. It's just going to completely ride me off for a good fortnight to three weeks to fully recover. So how do you go about working out your um, what you're confident to hit for your first, second, and third lifts on comp day if you don't? Or how high do you test to? Do you go to 90% work from there? Or how does it work in a lead-up to a comp? Um, for me, I train up to... I don't train over 90%. Um, so I'll work up to probably four singles at 90% a week and a half out from the competition. Yep. And I'll make that my opener. So that'll yeah, be my perfect. first attempt at the comp because I know I can hit four quality easy singles at that attempt. That's I use the same method for all my athletes and I've had numerous athletes over the past fortnight hit anywhere from a seven and a half to a 20 kilo PB on all three lifts. Yep. And they use that same method of not going over 90% to preserve the central nervous system but working at a high enough intensity to know the movement is quality and there's no big limitations, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. What's your What's your mindset when you go to approach a, a new 1RM and you haven't hit it for seven months like you just have? For me, I don't like to think too much. I mean, I've done the movement that many times. It's second nature. So I just make sure I do the big things right. So if I'm going out to lift, I get sucked up. I'm quite an aggressive lifter. What sucks you up? I have quite loud music so levy, how levy music loud heavy music whatever like makes makes my mind tick you got any favourite bands like what what bands do you put on oh Slipknot's Slipknot big favourite yeah, for yeah. heavy lifting I used to uh, I had Slipknot albums back in the day Black Betty by um Grinspoon. Spiderbait Spiderbait no, I mean. yeah. Spiderbait yeah that one does it for me as well yep. but yeah I lift, do that and when I go out for the lift it's mainly just keeping that aggression but taking my time in doing the lift first say for squat I'll march out to the bar, make sure I'm grabbing it on the right spots, coming under and squeezing tight. So I'll be doing it all aggressively, but doing the same routine as I would in the gym, but just doing it with more aggression and more intent. We haven't touched on this. What are your, what are your personal bests on your list? Um, for squat, um, I'll just say training because they're bigger. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, my best lifts are 325 kilos for the squat raw, yep. uh, 210 kilos for the bench, and 365 for the deadlift. Now, they're yep. the raw raw lifts. Yep. Uh, my equipped PBs are 375. So, how much more is that? That's a... You say it was 350. 50 kilos more. 30 for equipped. Oh, they're a lift a second up to 100 more. 
Really? Yeah, so I'm poor when it comes to using the equipment. Some yep. lifters are miles more. Wow. So that's squat. Because of the suit. Yeah, so you're using the suit so it's more technical, it's more mm-hmm. skillful because you're using added equipment to benefit you, your biomechanics and your technique. Mm-hmm. Um, bench 240, deadlift, once again, 365. Cool. Mm. And what about you, John, approaching a, approaching a max lift? Um, for myself, well, for myself and even for all my lifters, I have the same approach. They max out at comp. Yep. Because I'm training them to be power lifters. Um, you're training to get ready for competition. Absolutely. So they max out at comp and not, not any time before. Mm-hmm. In terms of like working out what their one RM is, like uh, especially for beginners, if they lead up to a comp, say two or three weeks out, they'll do a heavy triple, or even the week of. Um, the week earlier, they'll, they'll hit a heavy triple, and that'll be the opener. For beginners, it's a lot easier. They're, yeah. they're not going to hit their full potential at their first comp anyway. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, the most, like the heaviest my lifters goes might be a double, which will be touching on 80 85%. So all the work, vast majority of their work is sub-maximal. Mm. And for their first comp, you want them to hit all lifts, or, or you're happy for them to fail on the, on the platform? Well, I guess the goal with powerlifting is everyone wants to go nine for nine. You don't want to miss a lift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The goal is to turn up and go and build your biggest total. Yeah. So ideally for everyone, regardless of beginner or extremely experienced and advanced, the goal is nine for nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so for, that's the gold standard, the pinnacle. Yeah. For beginners, my emphasis for them is not worry about what, what, what class they're in. Just going whatever weight they are, just register for whatever weight yeah. they're sitting at and then go in there and have fun. Getting comfortable on the Minimal investment. And, yeah. Just jump in there, go for gold. And you know, if they go nine for nine, fantastic, great, dig well. Sometimes I'll let them push a bit especially in their last deadlift they're feeling good they're, they're all pumped it's their last lift they can they can sort of go for it within reason the biggest thing for a beginner reason. is the learning like I've, i haven't met one person that's done their first comp and said they've learned more than they ever have in their whole training experience prior to that date everyone, you haven't met someone who hasn't said they've learned they've learned more yeah so that yeah. everyone that i've spoken to turns up does their comp and said oh my god i learned so much yeah. about the sport about myself how i handle myself mm-hmm. what makes me tick Mm. All those sorts of things, everyone, it's just such a... And people go, oh, no, no, I want to wait till I'm strong enough to do a comp. I say, don't wait, do it now. Oh, yeah. You ask about pet hates, you'll get, that is my pet you'll hate. Get, yeah. You'll get... Yeah. And you're never going to be stronger, stronger faster. Yeah. It's yeah. all relative. A lot of, a lot of new people... how you are now, where you are. Yeah, like it's, yeah a lot of people, new people come to me and go, oh, I want to train. I get, you know, I want to get... Started. I say, cool, let's uh, let's schedule a comp in like three, four, five months. And then, no, 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 I want to get stronger. I want to wait till I'm like, uh, you know, like 600 total... I'm like, mate, that puts you top 10. What you don't know is those people in the top 10 have been training 10, 15 years. Yeah. You, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll just wait or see in 10 years. Yeah. And you need the practice on the platform. That's right. You need people to be forget. comfortable it's, under the pressure. You need competition it's a, it's experience. A, that's a skill. You to need, be able to handle the pressure of standing up there. Yeah. Um, some people are the best trainers in the gym and go out and mentally don't have it. And they're the guys that, you know, need to work on that. And you can only work on it by being there. Lacing up on a Saturday and getting onto the platform. Yeah. Um, so is it the same for you at the top of your game, Cam? Obviously, you would probably know the saying that you know your first lift is something you know you hit, second lift is something you, mm-hmm. you can you think you can hit, and the third lift is something you're not quite sure whether you can hit. Can you just check that? Um, so for you though, at the top of your sport, is it is it different? Are you trying to always like hit a new hit a new number for your third lift, or do you have to worry about um, rankings and results, or you, you're always trying to just keep the body nice and go nine from nine? How's it work for you? Oh, it's tough, hey, because at a local level, I'm trying to ideally PB. Yeah. 
whereas at the world level, it's you got to think about placing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, competition, the total. The total mm-hmm. is what counts. Yeah. At the end of the day, no one remembers who came first in the squat or the bench or the deadlift. They remember who won, who yeah. got that gold in the total. So ideally for me, it's hitting the first and the second, no PBs till the third. Mm-hmm. So you want to build the total and then go for ideally the PB or the, the placing at a mm-hmm. world championship level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you, if you need to pull a big PB on the third attempt deadlift to win, that's all you need to do. But if you're the last lifter and you miss your PB total or your deadlift by 10 kilos, but it wins you the comp, well, you just take that. Yeah. Would you and, agree, John? And team points as well. Yeah, team points. So your team can win the world championships based on who has the most or the highest placings combined in yep. terms of points. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky question. At the local level, I'm always pushing for PBs. Um, at the world level, I'm pushing for nine from nine and I'm trying to get the biggest total to win. At the end yeah. of the day, it's winning at the world level. At the local level, it's just PBs. I don't care if I miss lists. It's just trying to go big and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For running comps, like, uh, I, like I run local comps and you, the the variance of lifters is so great that most of the time people are just aiming for, for PBs. That's not so much about placings until you get to like nationals or international level mm. where that's where it really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, this has been a really good podcast so far, boys. I reckon the listeners will be getting heaps out of this. Um, but you've got your wedding to get to. Um, we got to get out of this hotel room at some point. So um, we'll go to our our final segment, which is nine from nine. It'll be nine relatively you know, rapid-fire questions. Uh, three from Mac, three from myself, three from Tommy. So we'll, we'll, ask, we'll ask them individually, yeah, we'll, hey? We'll go through, through the both, I can yeah, absolutely. So the first question is, uh, we'll start with you, Cam, is what's your morning ritual? Straight in the shower. At what time? Oh, depends on where my first client is. For me, it's, yes, wake up at generally at 6.30 in the morning, straight in the shower, then straight to have my morning coffee, so just espresso. What's, what's uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to you, you eat before you go to work. I was going to say, yeah, oh, what, the, what, the whole, the whole no, no, I just want to know, you know, do you what? What's for brekkie? Give us your, give us a little bit of insight into your morning ritual. Some okay. people are really, uh, they need to stick to routine. Some people just get up and they don't eat until lunchtime. You know, what do you, what do you do? So generally, I'll wake up at others anywhere from six to seven because I do PT. I'm based on my first client, but yeah, straight up, I'll walk straight to have a shower clothes on for work, my morning coffee and I always have oats with yogurt and like fresh berries. So just get some good quality, fast absorbing protein, mm-hmm. some low GI carbs to sustain me for the first hour or two of my morning and mm-hmm. with clients and yeah, get some berries, antioxidants in the system. To start the day with just some hit of caffeine and just some good quality food. Yep. Uh, and that's it and that's every morning, yeah. Yep. Second question is uh do you meditate? No. Have you thought about it? No, I haven't. Fair enough. I should. <laughs> do, do you rate it? Yeah, absolutely. I, it sort of, uh, you know, it was interesting hearing your mindset towards a, a lift and stuff like that and just being present. And I was just wondering, uh, well, I, I have fantastic experience with it. I've only started started doing it. I I did it for, um, we'd get a little bit of anxiety from time to time. And also just really busy with work and just heaps very cluttered in my head. Um I'm very novice with it, but I spend like five or ten minutes a day, and just um, just really clears my head, and I'll and I'll be like, right, I can get into whatever I need to do. I mean, you might not need it, but it could it could be something that could give you two percent, which 
training oh. might be a form of meditation for you. There's different. Yeah, forms, I think so. I know? think so. Yeah, it's yeah. just when you, you know, a real simple form of it is just being in the moment. When you're in the moment, when you're training, that might yeah. be meditation for you. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stuff about the meditation and what it gives people. So yeah, it's something to look into for sure. Um, and the third question is, uh, if you had one day on, one day left on the earth. And uh, obviously, you could spend it with family, but what else would you do? What, how would you spend your time? Oh, it's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste my time lifting the barbell. God, what would I do? Time with family. Just, God, that's a hard question, yeah. eh? It's, a bit, it's <laughs> the biggest question. <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's, massive. Yeah, it's, it's probably spend time with family, just have fun. I can kick the footy, eh? Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Something from I did all my life four pallets and see I keep the footy with friends and family and just soak it up yeah Johnny boy rapid right. fire <clears throat> morning right. ritual morning ritual uh, roll out of bed around it's supposed to be 8 o'clock always ends up 8.45 <laughs> 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 it's, <laughs> it's, it's about 8.45 not a morning person so it's about 5 snoozes later uh, recce uh, check emails and then um, head off to the warehouse to pack orders because I've got an online shop. So that's it. I wake up at 8.30, 8.45. I don't sleep till midnight. So that's why oh. it's a late. It's just shifted over yeah. time scale. Yeah. yeah. Second question. Uh, do you meditate? No, but it's always something that I've wanted to explore. Yeah, definitely yeah, worth Looking it. like a monk and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... That's all. No, it, it's it's you know things that pop up on Facebook feed and other friends and stuff. Like I've mentioned it before, and it's like, oh, yeah, I should do it, but it just gets mm. shelved all the time. So I might, might actually go down that avenue. Mm. That you brought it up. Yeah, no, I highly recommend it. And uh, the third one is the last day on earth. How would you spend it? I've had a little bit longer time than Ken <laughs> to be able to think about this. Oh, one. that was put, put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, being a bit of a car enthusiast, I would steal a car, drive <laughs> out to Northern Territory, and just max out. Oh, as that fast sounds as I so can. much better than my answer. Done at night before done at night before the the Earth ends, so you yeah. can see the stars while you're doing it. Ah, yeah. Ooh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that makes me look so shit. That'll <laughs> 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 be better at you, <laughs> better than you for something. Mate. You can ride shotgun with you. Um, all right, my questions are travel related, so I'll start with you, Cam. Um, uh, your favorite destination or ho- holiday destination, favorite place oh. you've been? Can be small, can be country, can be Florence, Italy. Really, hundred percent. I went there in two thousand eleven just for family for a holiday. It was Christmas. I spent Christmas Day there. Right, most beautiful place in the world. I'll go mm. back there in a heartbeat. Hundred mm. percent. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah, cool. That's a great answer. And. Um, similar, but um, dream destination. So it can be anywhere, somewhere that you want to head to. Uh, probably Bora Bora sounds pretty sounds pretty lame, but I always see the videos and photos. And you see those uh, those decks leading out to the yeah, little huts man. on the water. I always yeah, see that. I just mm. go, just be so isolated, but yeah, it's just such a beautiful Spectacular. place to be. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. Um, and if you were on a desert island, this is another tough one. Putting you on the spot. If you're on a desert island and you had um. You had three items to keep you sane. They're not like, they're not your family. You've got you've got a toothbrush. You have got food. You got all the all that stuff. Three things to keep you entertained, keep you sane. What would they be? Probably a footy. Yeah, footy. Probably a big machete. Machete. Oh, cut, nice. Cut three shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just loves footy, cutting, loves cutting stuff. 
and there's other animals on the island. Uh, yeah, there are. Yeah. Rav gun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they're so truly really not like little play <laughs> have pets and stuff. Just a gun and a machete. <laughs> you got to keep yourself... Well, in, in saying that, you can't have a phone charge. Your phone or electronics that die. Mm. Nah, that's right. You got to entertain yourself for a while. Mm. We had uh, we had somebody that wanted a solar charger and an iPhone, and we we're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was my dad actually, <laughs> and he also wanted a pair of socks. Anyway, moving on. Um, that was your dad, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. How, how are you, David? <laughs> You're a good man. Yeah. Um, John, so same questions. Uh, favorite place you've ever been? Uh, Germany. <laughs> Partners from Germany. Oh yeah, been there twice. Love it. Only specific part, and I vary so much. Yep. Uh, love the food. The fact that you can drive really fast. Autobahn. Autobahn. Mm. Quality food. Oh, you would I'd, love that being a car. I man. would move there if they had more variety of Asian food. Right. Mm. That's What's it. your favorite sort of uh, Asian food? Dumplings. Uh, Dumplings. no. <laughs> not dumplings. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just broad variety. It's good food. My my rule is dead and not moving. Oh yeah. Okay. So That's a good rule. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dead and not moving. Is dead and not generally moving. Generally, what I tend to stick by. Oh, it's Japanese, I've, isn't it? I've been, yeah. Someone's tried to feed me live with chili grub, and it's like, uh, no, yeah. no, barbecue. Oh, they first. do like live octopus and stuff, don't they? Is it octopus or is it? Oh, that's in Korea. Oh, Baby that's octopus, correct. you wrap it around your chopsticks yeah. and you shove it in your mouth and you down it with like soju or whatever it is and hopefully you don't choke to death. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's why I did not moving. Yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, a favorite uh, dream destination? Iceland. Oh, same here. Just same the here. photos I've seen uh, or, even, or even um, like far northern reaches of like Norway, uh, Norway. Yep. Mm. and catch the Aurora Borealis oh, and everything man. else. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, 100%. Amazing. Good work. And then the um, three things that you would keep on a desert island. Uh, magnifying glass. Whew. Why so? So I can start a fire. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Thinker. Real without, thinker. Good one. No, I thought without reliance like of anything else. Checking out ants. Yeah. Because you know sunlight's going to come through eventually. Yeah. Yep. So you can always use it. Uh, machete yeah. and pair of shoes. Pair of shoes. Pair of shoes. Okay. Very, um, very Bear Grylls survivalist. Yep. Um, that one probably should have specified you got all the easy, you got all the stuff to stay comfortable, but that's good answers anyway. <laughs> good stuff. I thought, it, I thought it was just me butt naked on the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you want a machete? Cammy, <laughs> uh, um, what do you do in your downtime? What keeps you sane? What do you do? I should know how much. Eh? You know how much, yeah. Well, the only time I'll have to myself is probably 8 or 8.30 p.m. at night after work. Yep. Because I'll, I'll work through from probably 6 a.m. to 11 a.m., duck home, have lunch, go back to work and train. Mm-hmm. Then I've got clients from 3 till 7 or 7.30. Mm. So my downtime is usually like a episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. Good downtime. Yeah, so it's just that. And I'll read like a book. I love like a like prison or gangster books. Really? Oh, what, wow. what, um, I've cool. read a ton of... That was my I'm reading um, long, the Long Bay Jail. Book. Oh, yeah. It's all about Long Bay Prison Sick. in Sydney. Yeah, so wow. it's really good. Have you, read, um, have you ever read The Iceman? No. Iceman's about... Um, Richard, this is one of my favorite because I was obsessed with like um, the the mafia, gangsters, and like, yeah, 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 yeah. like Pablo Escobar books I've read. Um, Iceman Six, it's probably my favorite like true crime book. It's about um, Richard Kuklinski, and he's um, he's a Polish guy that started doing hits for the. He started murdering people in New York, like he was murdering in like the slums of New York to like um, to survive basically when he was fourteen, and then when he became um, when he turned about eighteen, he he got his first mob hit. 
Anyway, this guy was, uh, he didn't work for one family in the mafia. He worked for all five families. He was like a subcontractor hitman. But he had a, um, a loving wife and two beautiful daughters. He was a respected member of the community. He murdered like 500 people until he was 65 years old. He got Jesus. busted. Yeah. That's... He had cyanide spray that he used to go past people in. Um, he worked out, but he got bored of this uh, technique. But he used to go past people with cyanide spray in, in, uh, in um, nightclubs and go, gotcha. Oh my god! And that's enough. It was mad. He tortured. The book starts. He tortured. Um, so he got asked. This book, the first, the prologue is um, is about this um incident where there was a guy that raped uh one of the made men's daughters. So the head of the mafia family said, "We want it. We want this guy killed, but we want him to. We want him to suffer. really suffer." So what he did, he lived in upstate New York, and uh, he knew all these forests and woods and stuff. And there was this one cave that he found once walking in the in the forest, and it was filled with rats. So what he did was he went, he went and kidnapped this guy. Like he gave him the chloroform on the face, chucked him in the boot, hogtied him, tied him up, yeah. tied him up, took him to this cave, plonked him in the middle of the cave, and put a um, time capture, um, slow, slow time lapse um, camera. So the time lapse camera filmed these rats coming and slowly over the course of two days eating all the flesh off this dude's body. He sent the video to the mafia boss. The mafia boss says. Here's your money. Get the fuck out. Really? Like that was that was that's that's wow. over the top. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want that to see that. That is insane. <laughs> that's the first chapter. It's the sickest book. Sounds like a relatively light read. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I like to do on my dance floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Um, how do your PTs run for an hour? Just quickly. I usually, um, I wouldn't say I'm a nasty trainer, but I'm a tough trainer. I like to make my make my clients work hard. Yep. So a lot of people will do a half hour because they don't have the work capacity to do a full hour. Mm. So I managed to cream in a fair bit of work in the half hour, but yeah, some clients do an hour. Okay, yep. Um, second question, biggest role model oh, role model growing up? Brad Gillingham. Okay, can, can we... Um, um... So it, growing, oh, not so much growing up, me and my parents were my role models, but biggest role model over the past five years in powerlifting would be Brad Gillingham. Mm. He's a, a seven or eight time world champion IPF Hall of Fame. He's pulled uh, over 800 pounds, so 362.5 kilo over 100 times in drug-free competition. He was the individual that had me invited to the pro deadlift at the Arnold's um, two years ago. Like He individually said to the organizer, I want him there. He came up to me in Russia when I pulled my first... No, when I pulled the gold medal deadlift at my first world championships. He came up to me afterward and said, that's the best deadlift I've ever seen. Oh, and he's one of That's the, huge. Because it was a 13-second deadlift because I was grinding. So oh, my two. God. I've timed it too. I'm not, that's not a cop no, no. out. Oh, right. Yeah, so Brad's, he's just the pinnacle of a humble, giving, caring athlete. And he's a giant too, six mm. foot eight, about 150 kilo. And he's um, currently pretty unwell up in the US. He um, had a few medical issues. So he's in hospital. So there's a big campaign on social media saying pull for Brad because mm-hmm. he's one of the best deadlifts in history so oh, well. okay. yeah big shout out to Brad hope he's doing well we can, yeah, um, yeah. We can, we can share all that stuff Absolutely. in, in yeah, our show notes on our, on our show and, uh, and all that so yep. that'll be good people can check that out yeah but my his, yeah, biggest role model inspiration hands down without a doubt yeah yeah excellent you sound um, super passionate about it which is, which is awesome um, last question if you could invite three people dead or oh, alive to dinner to <laughs> <laughs> who would they be would you choose would you choose Brad as one of them yeah 100% yeah yeah Brad oh, you got two more I would say my partner but I'm not 
<laughs> so it's a good ad trouble. All right. um, Let's just say she's in the corner. or he's Yeah, just, yeah, he's she's, she's, she's around. It's three plus one to me. Um, yeah. Brad Gillingham, Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates is the bodybuilder, right? Mm, the yep. body, the the shadow, the crazy bodybuilder. Yeah. Dorian Temple Yates. Gym. Hmm? Temple Gym. Yeah, Temple Gym mm. over in England. Just a freak. He was the one who kind of characterized how I trained when I started bodybuilding and right. even to now, just blood and guts, yep. all or nothing sort of training, like to absolute fatigue, mm. sort of that style of training. Yep. So Brad, Dorian. Sounds like there'd be a shitload of food on the table here. <laughs> Four oh. whole chickens, a live goat, <laughs> just for the protein. Oh, who else? I don't know, probably like something like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, ah, there's fucking another, yeah. another chicken and goat. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Someone, just the someone, stable you've ever seen. Someone's just a whole heap of stories. They're yeah, all, they're all general related oh, stories. Arnold would be perfect all, for that. Well, I've met Arnold before. Okay. And he, I just shook his hand and said hello because yep. he came out the back to wish us all best for yep. the pro deadlift. But yep. Can you give us a, an impersonation of what he said back to us? <laughs> do more. <laughs> do more. <laughs> down. <laughs> up, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a, it up and put it down. That's right. So what do you do for a living, Arnie? I pick it up and put it down. <laughs> nice man. Uh, Johnny, um, biggest role model growing up? Uh, obviously, my parents, mm-hmm. just like Cam. But uh, funnily enough, my role model I'd never met, which was my uh, mum's dad, so my grandfather, who was apparently a man of pretty big stature, especially for like an age of like quite six foot. Mm-hmm. They carry, uh, they owned. My parents owned those uh, from Vietnam. Um, they owned a like a rice warehouse distribution thing, and he used to carry like fifty kilo Hessian sacks of rice, one on each shoulder, and stack them up. Mm. Uh, but the reason why he was a role model is because even though they were sort of, uh, let's say like not a rich family, but a well-to-do family, they don't own a business. He treated everyone well. Yep. Right to the point where all hell broke loose when yeah, Vietnam War was coming to an end, and people were looting. Um, the workers that were looking after the warehouse and everything didn't loot. They guarded, they helped really? guard the place, guarded the family house and everything else. Wow. And in fact, alerted my grandfather that people were trying to loot the place. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's that level of respect and I, I, I sort of live by that and the way he did business. All stories from my mum, of course. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's a great yeah, answer. Yeah. That's, yeah, really good. Um, if you have downtime, how do you spend it? Like Cam, I actually don't have much separation between work and home life. Like the yeah. most, every now and again, I might play games on a PC. Yep. But even then, it's strategy, war-based, like Total War. You build an army, build an economy, sure. play politics and take over a country. What games? What games? I don't play them, but what Oh, it's a game called Total uh, Rome Total War That's 2. Right, so yeah. you have to deal with politics. You gotta build, you got to fund your army, build a civilization, and then go take over. Oh, that's cool. Either politically or... By militarily, yeah, militarily. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like another job, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always working. I, I, I like that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I, I people get sucked right into that world, and you too. can take I something away from that. Like, I'd make that yeah. mindless shit. Like, you yeah. can get something from it, and you're having fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I approach business and, and work as well. It's sort of you got you got to think of it in multifaceted mm. um, ways to to approach that's things. You just can't go buy something all the time, and or and that's the way to mm. get it. No, it's good to always um, be productive. Definitely. Um, if you had, uh, what? That's a fair comment, isn't it? It had nothing to do with anything. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good to always be productive. Like games. What's that got to do with playing video games? I don't know. I just, I 
panicked a little bit and just threw it in there. <laughs> um, right, I, I know what you meant. I knew. Yeah, oh, yeah. See, yeah. Me, me and Ken are on the same page, Bill. I tell, I tell the missus all the time, it's, it's productive work. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and three people dead or alive to the dinner table. Who are they? That is... It's a tough one. How hard is it? Hey, it's such a shit question to answer. It is. It is need, very tough. Need, Sorry, that's all right. I'll, need, um, we should have uh, given you. We should have given you a heads up. It's a great answer if we give you a heads up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On the spot, it's a tough one. Mm. On the spot, it's tough as yeah. well. Yeah. Hey? Uh, I would tough. say first one will be first emperor of China. Right. Can't remember his name, whatever. But he was known as a tyrant. Mm-hmm. But I would have him for dinner just to find out how he dealt with being portrayed as a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Although he unified China as one country when it was like. I don't know, like 12 kingdoms or something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously he had to do, um, just raise and burn his way through and then yeah, con- conquer yeah. everyone. But how would you have done it otherwise? Yeah. Just pick his reign. That's one. Uh, oh, Jesus. Bill Kazmaier? Bill Kazmaier? He's back at some point, they say. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, said Jesus. I'll get Bill Kazmaier. Okay. Who's yeah, Bill Um Arguably, what the world's strongest man in history. Okay. Okay. Crazy okay. strong. Yep. Right. It's yeah. like what? He bent a frying pan with one hand. <laughs> How? How uh, did he? Oh, re- so you can use your thigh? Scrunched oh, it up. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like he had surgery on his hand like two weeks before this video. And then and they just bent asked him. Yeah, bent a frying pan. I've rolled a frying pan, but with two hands. Really? Really? Yeah. Man. Jeez, I've broken man. a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to broken a pencil. <laughs> God, we're, uh, we're, we're all mates, by the way, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't step out. <laughs> and then third one will be uh, my, gra- <laughs> my, gra- my grandfather, who I never met. That'll be the third one. Your gra- your okay. grandfather. Yeah, 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 that'll be good. Yeah, be really just good, pick good. his brain. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Normally, we find that the biggest role model and someone to find at the dinner are uh, closely related. Excellent, boys. That was good. Hey, um, anything you want to shout out or plug on the show, um, please feel free now. Well, I'll plug... Well, John, because he's been my, I think my oldest sponsor. He picked me up when I was ranked, I think, nineteenth or twentieth in the country. And mm-hmm. under John, I've just jumped and jumped each year. And no matter what what time of the year or what I've wanted, he's always always provided the equipment, provided the support and transport and whatever's needed. So mm-hmm. City Strength SBD, John, and they're they're fantastic. Australia's exclusive distributor of SBD equipment. Um, Plug myself. I've got an upcoming seminar at Strength Nation Gym in Penrith. Yep. Perfect. So that'll be a five-hour seminar slash workshop where I go over the squat, bench, deadlift, how to program and technique, technique correction for everyone that goes. So it's a good way to jump in, learn how to fix your technique, but fix others, whether they be clients or friends or fellow lifters in the gym. So mm. I'll, be, yeah. I'll be doing that on the 28th of May at Strength Nation in Penrith. Excellent. Also, my supplement sponsors, my supplement store, and my my sponsor, the physiotherapist Terrace Physio Plus, up in Raymond Terrace in Newcastle. Cool, yeah. cool. I'll plug uh, Powerlifting Australia. Yeah. So everyone out there who wants to know. That's how we got onto you guys. Any yeah, any I any, any bit of information power, powerlifting about powerlifting. And they put, put us onto you. Yeah, any anything about powerlifting? Where your closest affiliated club is, or uh, coaches to see? Jump onto powerliftingaustralia.com or jump on the Powerlifting Australia Facebook page. And you get a reply pretty quickly, and you know steer you in the right direction from there. If you're at any of the expo upcoming Australian fitness and health expos, the Powerlifting Australia will have a competition at each one of those in Sydney, Perth, Brisbane, and Melbourne. Excellent. Yep. So Melbourne's coming up in uh, 29th, 29th, I think of yeah. April yep. stuff. Last weekend of April. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Um, 
and also if you want uh, people to follow you or find you on social media or anywhere there where can they find um, you my social media is Cam Strength that's C-A-M Strength yep. on Instagram and Facebook yep. yep mine's City Strength both on Instagram and Facebook beautiful I've actually Excellent. got one question to finish off with um, why should people start powerlifting oh, first and foremost the camaraderie the friendships and the people I've met that have helped build because I was never a confident person had self-esteem issues from bodybuilding largely from jumping into powerlifting I've made friends locally nationally and all around the world and it's just it's just like a big family you can't wait to go to a comp just not to lift but to catch up with your best friends mm. 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 and powerlifting the pure fact that you're doing strength training builds uh, mental and physical resilience so people find that you know the hardest thing they encounter during their working week or whatever is experienced in the gym everything else outside is perceived as not as traumatic and not as stressful and Mm -hmm. being strong and badass as fuck yeah that's cool that's really cool eat donuts beautiful good stuff boys well thanks a lot for coming on the show I reckon that was a great interview thank you for having me thank you thank you good stuff that's a wrap and that was the second part to the two part series from Cameron Cameron McKenzie and John Tran Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are brought to you by Audible Trial, www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. We are also brought to you by Loxam Solutions, www.loxamsolutions.com.au. NDO Supps for all your training supplements. Visit www.ndosupps.com. And lastly, our mother company, AdventureFit Travel, for all you travelers out there, www.adventurefittravel.com. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast, guys, on iTunes. And if you are interested in any of the show notes, we'll post the links at www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcasts. Adios.